Who says Christmas has to end just after the 25th? Come join us as we continue to celebrate through the new year on TWB with A Christmas Story, A Christmas Story Christmas, and Jingle All the Way. It's Turbo Time! And welcome to the Ryder Brothers Christmas Cringe Special. I am your host, Petey York, joined, as always, by the lovely Mr. Corion, which in residence, and that dumbass right beneath me. Gentlemen, we made it, we have almost made it to our first year of broadcast. We are taking a break from our usual shows and our usual interests to take a look at some of our favorite Christmas movies. Well, one of our favorite Christmas movies... And uh, and the sequel, which was quite impressive. Uh, yeah. But uh, how, how was everybody's Christmas? Did everybody get what they wanted? I got some money, so that was nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had a wonderful night with family and friends, and that's exactly what I wanted. Awesome. Awesome. And for those of you who've, who've just joined us, please feel free to share in the chat what uh, what how Christmas was. Hopefully it was good. If it wasn't, well, keep it to yourself. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, we'll try to listen to your problems, but uh, we do also still have a show to do. So, uh, gentlemen, A Christmas Story has really proven itself to be a staple in, in American Christmas tradition. Um, I mean, I remember when TNT um, started broadcasting, doing their 24 hours of A Christmas Story, and, and uh, before that, of course, watching it first growing up. And, uh, I mean, the movie's... It's hands down a classic. I mean, if you want to understand, you want to teach people about American Christmases, that's it. There, there's your little hour and a half documentary right there. Um, but uh, John, why don't you go ahead and go first? What? Why do you like A Christmas Story, and why is it the greatest Christmas movie ever made? <laughs> I don't. I never really have. Oh, goody! Like, I'll fight movie. to start off the night. Like, I enjoyed it as, like, a Christmas movie, and I, I do get the, like, man, I've watched it every Christmas, including this one, unfortunately, almost every Christmas for for years. And, and it's, I, I don't like it because I don't think it's that great of a story. I, if anything, it is, like, exactly what all parents think their kids are thinking about Christmas and how important Christmas is. All right, enough of that crap. Uh, Corion, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, cheers, Skogliotin, you just joined the chat. Welcome, if you didn't start the broadcast. John's telling us why he's wrong and not liking Christmas Story. No, I'm just giving him a hard time. No, this is actually, this is fascinating, because I actually had a friend at work who's, who hates the movie, too, and I'm like, why? And he's like, oh, because it's played all the time, and I'm like, so, so you oh, just... I, I don't hate it. I just think it is, like, the most, mon like, you said this is a perfect representation of American Christmas. It is. And damn is that boring <laughs> well like, I, I don't care i live it myself yeah so, like, no i was watching somebody else's christmas it's like oh look we're gonna do the same things <laughs> oh look i feel the same ways and yeah yeah well no guess what guess what i actually point except for chinese food <laughs> 
I actually can I actually can one up you here on this one, and I'm going to. I actually worked in a Chinese restaurant this Christmas, so I also lived a Christmas story in my own way. Um, yeah, they, they 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 wasn't like that. That's a little bit exaggerated, but you know what? Okay, we're gonna bring up the oh, no, controversial it's not scene. It's it is generation people. They don't have L. Right. In Correct. any Asian speaking language, they don't have the letter L. So when you tell them to say la 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 la, they're like ra 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 because it's the closest yeah. sound they can think of because well, they don't have it in their alphabet. Okay, so I'm it's saying that that part's exaggerated dumb. because because while I did work at a Chinese restaurant this Christmas, uh, there wasn't any caroling or singing. Um, but they were, you know, wishing everybody Merry Christmas, and we were trying to provide a good food to dining experience for everybody who needed it. Uh, there was actually one guy who came in who didn't. He ended up having his kids brought over last minute, and so he decided to uh, eat from us, which was pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, no, that. But everybody, like, it wasn't. It's the the Pause. controversy behind that I... scene is stupid. Of course, uh, I mean, it goes without saying. Or and I are muted. No, I'm, no? I'm here. No, we're muted on the broadcast. I just realized I'm the only... I, I haven't... No, you're going through. For sure? Yeah, okay. I've got you unmuted. Weird. All right, well, for me... I mean, if I someone mean, watching wants to confirm whether or not we can hear John and Corio, and that'd be great, but uh, from my end, no, well, I've got the soundboard in front of me. Super quiet. Yeah, uh, a little quiet. If, yeah. if you can confirm, that'd be awesome. But yeah, for me, I mean, this movie... If you grew up in North America you've experienced at least one scene from this movie in your life. Oh, absolutely. At least one, right? And, I mean... Uh, oh, Skogly, thank you so much. That's awesome to hear. Yes, we okay. appreciate it. <laughs> we, we, we can't do this without the support of viewers like you. Literally. You and in more ways than one. You, yeah. Lisa, so thank you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, I mean, to me, that that's the big takeaway. I think one of the other ones that is another big kind of takeaway is we all have this view of our dad as the kind of a hero, if you will, almost in a lot of ways. Even if he had kind of a terrible dad, there are like moments where you can look at your dad as like, this was his jam, right? And, you know, that's really what came through to me on it as well, is like how much this kid looked up to his father and yet, you know, was still willing to, to you know, maybe defy him a little bit and, and goof off and goof around a bit. And, you know, you feel for the dad too because he's counting on a lot of things happening and just none of it comes together. But he still manages to, to work hard to make that Christmas happen for his family. That's ultimately the biggest takeaway, right? I mean, when you're a dad, you will do anything you possibly can for your kids anything you can and that's kind of what I, what comes across for me in christmas story and you know between that and you know just some of the hilarious scenes of like life in you know a northern uh northern hemisphere kind of area where you do get snow all of those scenes happen you know the snowball fight is you know the classic that will never die right some idiot getting their tongue stuck to a metal pole in the middle of winter happens every year. Right? Oh, you, you find plenty of videos on YouTube of idiots doing idiotic things, especially during the cold. Oh, How yeah. much of that is because of the movie? 
I think by this time, Jackass has taken the cake for encouraging stupidity. Um, Oh, no, I'm not saying encouraging stupidity. I'm just saying I never thought of licking a pole until I saw this movie and how funny it looked and then had to see if it was true. Well, you didn't. You didn't specifically not learn the lesson of the movie. Please tell me you didn't do that. I just never got stuck. I, I fortunately okay. never tried it in negative, like, I think it's like, t- is it 20 below? Not negative yeah, 20, but... Yeah, but that'll do. I, I, it's something like 20. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, but... it's like I said, it's more like, I get what you're saying, John, and I understand. I, I'm not actually serious about it being the greatest cruise i think that there's a huge that that's probably something we could do at twb over the next three to five years is amass a bunch of christmas movies and then and then we'll figure out which one's the greatest ever i mean some would probably argue it's a wonderful life miracle on 34th street yeah i guess um and then uh skogly jotun writes in the scene where santa kicks him down the slide is gold and then he adds negative 10 is totally fine go try it I have. I hated it. I did a patrol up at the Bering Sea in February. It was terrible. Um, it's, yeah, that scene where he does that, the, the whole thing is, it's literally is just, it. it's pretty much the quintessential Christmas film. Like, yeah, it, it's plot is pretty basic. It's, it's, it's a Christmas story. Uh, what more do you want? Well, no, so, so, like, I, I, it's my a, thing about Christmas It's a comical like, Norman Rockwell is what it is. Well, right. It, it's just more my general apprehension to regular life. Like, I, I'm one of the few people who don't think that this world is too hard to live in. I, I find this world to be pretty mundane and monotonous for the most part. And so watching a movie that's mundane and monotonous is hard. Uh, and, and that's what I love about Christmas movies in general is they almost always have some magic. Just a little Especially bit Especially the last something. one we're talking about. <laughs> Exactly. And and that to me is like, in terms of which of the three is my favorite that we're talking about tonight, Jingle All the Way, because it took the time to take the fight of the dad, the goal of the dad to do the right thing, despite also spending all of his time working. And so he's trying to win father of the year in 12 hours. And that's a fun high stakes event whereas in a christmas story it's like uh coming of age during the time like right when santa's still kind of real to you and it's like okay i get it but like santa claus i loved the santa claus trilogy my whole family we watched those uh on the way up to christmas elf is always one of my favorite i mean i love will ferrell till the day i die um Bad Moms. I love Bad Moms Christmas with Mila Kunis. That is one of my favorite Christmas movies because I feel like it's the opposite side of the story. And the side that actually does the hard part, the decorating the house, the making it smell good, the making it feel like Christmas. That's your mom and your, your wife, not the dad. The dad's the one that goes and pays for it. And that to me is like why Bad Moms tops Christmas story, especially just because... I don't know, I already, I lived the the male side 
I, I know and and am living the dad side of the male side now. So like I I understand that plight. Yeah. I have no idea what it's like to be a mom. And in that instance, it's like, oh, this is a fun, interesting thing to learn about. Yeah. Uh, Scogli Oat writes it says, I feel the Norman Rockwell aesthetic is a huge influence to this movie. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with that. Also, yeah. did you get everything you wanted for Christmas? Tell us about your Christmas joy, the chat. Um, and yes, for anyone just joining us, please share your Christmas cheer this year or lack thereof. I, we're, we're here to discuss things. Uh, for if me, you didn't get your BB gun, let us know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, for me, it was, I actually, <laughs> uh, I actually did get a uh, Red Riker BB gun in Star Trek Online this year. Anyway, um, for me, I relate a lot to the dad, which is weird because I'm not a dad, believe it or not. And it was like every single scene that, 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 that he had, I was just, I, you know, when he, when the kid's doing the whole, how do the piggies eat? And he, and he's just like from behind the paper. Oh, I was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's, that's totally how I am now, especially around, especially around my brother's kids. Um, and, and everything else from there, you know, just being fed up with the dogs. Uh, um, maybe, I don't know. Okay. Maybe. I don't don't take don't take this the wrong way, but I feel like if you were ever to become a dad, you would be read from uh, that '70s show. There'd be a lot of boot up ass comments. I, uh, you know, might as well just sew a boot onto the back of their pants at that point. You know, um, yeah, <laughs> I it, think that's exactly because I was Parker until I had a kid. Exact same tired <laughs> of children, but like they say, like what's the thing that like being a dad changes you like what is it? it you finally have a reason to be soft again like your whole life as a man you're told be harder than the world be stiff be tough be the thing that everybody can rely upon but never needs which is a bunch of societal programming and bullshit exactly and once you have a kid you're like oh that's where the lies start my parents were telling me what they knew that they were told by what they were told but I have the internet to go yeah they were told a bunch of crap (laughs) and so now I can be soft and silly and wear pink and not be like oh no my son's gonna change it's like like, I don't care what he ends up as I love him oh it's good well Well, hold on I really don't want your son yeah I was gonna say John I... I care about what my daughter is because I want my daughter to be happy. That is the goal. For yeah, if your son turns up to grows up to be Jeffrey Dahmer, John, I'm gonna have a problem with that. Um, I will just too, say but I'll still love him. But that's the worst part. Like Dahmer's to me, that's the curse. Like that's that's the the double edged sword of having a child. Is that like I can now understand why Jeffrey Dahmer's dad still loved him. Like. Yeah. That is that like I've listened to like horror and and serial killer do, like all kinds of documentaries and I've always been like man if my kid ever dad I would put him down and it's like nope now that I have a kid well I now I, and I'm like, just saying no, I, would, I would I would be the first to narc on him and I yeah. would tell him to his face I'd be like hey I'm 99% sure you're the killer so we're gonna sit here till the police arrive. And they're going to search your house. Even if you bought it, I'm We're going to sit you. here till the police yep. arrive, you mean? Yeah, but, exactly. But the whole time I'm going to tell them, be like, look, I'm going to visit you in prison. I'm going to come every week. I, I love you. I don't know what I did wrong, but I will figure it out. We will figure it out. But you're fucked. You need to go out of society. 
And that to I'm, me I'm is glad like, that you've thought about this because I was really just one. I don't. I hope that doesn't happen. And two, it was just kind of meant as an exaggeration. But you know what? On the Ryder Brothers, we take exaggerated, ball busting comments and we turn it into education. So, if, to the audience, if you're wondering what anxiety looks like when a dad has it and is willing to speak about it out loud, this is it. I have had a lot of these thoughts. What if your son ends up gay? What if your son wants to be uh, transgender? What happens if everything that could go wrong does go wrong? How are you, dad, going to respond? And I have those thoughts all the time. So we can play yeah, that game I mean, one day if we want. To, to, answer, to answer those ones for me, if my daughter turns out gay, my response is going to be something along the lines of, look, I still expect grandchildren. Um, <laughs> you know... <laughs> Dude, okay, but the point, uh, you just dude, set the expectations even promote. higher than if she was straight. Good job. I'm well, hey, man, you know, promoting familial growth. I well, don't think no, we no, need no, but more people in this world. No, but yet. that's the funniest part about it, right? Like that's the best response you can give to a situation like that because it just it's a curveball, right? And you I know, like... if my kid turned, I would basically do a okay. So I guess you know we've got to teach you. I guess it's my responsibility then to teach you how to shave as opposed to your mom's. Okay. Right. Like, you know, all right. You know, that, yeah, exactly. that's what happens. Like, you know? like to, I like the best one I've heard is, uh, dad, this son comes home and tells his dad he's gay. And he looks at him dead in the face and goes, same rule as your sister. No boys in your room with the door closed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, it says, my mind won't stop. I overanalyze and completely try to take everything in and I'm super aware and everyone else seems to be astonishingly vacant. Um, uh, Skogly, you like my long lost twin brother. That's the same thing that, that I've never met before. Cause yeah, I dude, I'm on all the time. It it's, can be stressful at times, but for some reason my brain requires occupation and, and sometimes, but that's why I also try to, you know, it's, misprint version here, it's but it's your brain's version of a shark that can't that's, stop swimming. That's why I try to be productive about it. Well, um, guys, yeah. the only thing I can say to that is, look, if it was a physical thing where your body run all the time, you'd go to the treadmill, you'd go to the gym. Right? If your brain's trying to run all the time, go to the mental gym. Get in your meditation time. Do the work to focus that mind down a little bit if you can, right? Not everyone's going to be able to. Some brains work differently, but it helps, right? It doesn't hurt to do a couple of mental push-ups, right? Never, never. And that's why, you know, that's why studies are showing that, that people who play video games tend to have higher intelligence because it's it's a way to exercise the brain. Now, it's not like, it's not perfect by any means, and I personally think that those of us who play MMOs might be Why a little bit higher though? on the intelligence, but huh? Why do you think that is though? Is that because they've never made a game with you know actual like things to benchmark and and be good at learning faster? Because they never believed that games were capable of teaching you as fast as they are. Because well, yeah, actually, me, like, there was a the there was a time. No oh no, there's good enough. There's an article out there that. Well, you would think it aged like milk if you read it, but I, I analyzed it a little further and I realized, well, it's not entirely 
inaccurate. It's it's so for the time that it came out, this article was like that video games are useless. They'll have no purpose. Well, at the time this happened, this is when arcades were in abundance. The point of it was you take your quarter, you put it in and you play till you die. And there's no real winning those types of games because they're specifically designed and, and the market is there to get you to keep paying the quarters. So in that marketability instance, yes, that article was correct because if games had stayed with that business model instead of moving to the home console system and obviously blowing up to what they are now, then that article's correct. So I, I think... Uh, uh, the I, funny thing is that article was still correct when they transitioned because a lot of console developers were like, how do we make games, arcade games, let's make arcade games on our consoles. I think the biggest thing, and I think you said it perfectly, is people keep saying fun is just a fad. Anything remotely entertaining is a fad and it will die out. And it's like, yeah because you keep stamping it out when in reality fun is free motivation if you can make yeah. a thing fun you've already got why am i doing this well i enjoy doing it now turn it into work now turn it into output now turn it into extra don't don't just like go oh well this is just a fun gimmick it's gonna go it's gonna burn real quick and by that logic let's just stop watching all movies burn. let's burn all the books yeah. you know we don't want this fun thing to get in the way of of, the, of there productivity was a time when book writers legitimately said movie tv will never be as intrinsically valuable as a book and nowadays wow. there are movies and tv shows that are punching books out of the water uh Guys, I, I, I'll even go with this. Not necessarily adaptations. You want a video game that one? Okay. Yeah. Well, you want a video game that one, tells a fantastic story, two, um, is fairly educational, and three, um, I would actually consider art. Okay? Check out Stray. Stray, you have, you know, I mean, it seems like you know, like, the premise seems kind of weird, right? You're a cat in a post-apocalyptic future. But when you consider the lack of agency a cat has in society, right? And then you look at everything this cat does just to try to get back to its family. And you start to realize all the... that this is not just a story... It's not just art. And it's not just like a good mental workout. It's all three in one. And, you know, that is my 100% counter to anyone that makes any argument against video games is play Stray all the way through. I play mean, the story. it took me like... Yeah. Play the stories like, on Swim Tour. it took me about six hours to get through. Yeah. No, uh, oh, yeah. Skogliotin writes in, loved Stray. Uh, yeah, I mean, play play, yeah. play the story style. Story games are, I think, what really do it because you get the experience of a good story while also having to learn the mechanics and, and figure out the proper patterns and strategize, you know, depending on what type well, of game you're playing. I mean, even games like Halo and Call of Duty still have their value. get into the story at any moment. Say again? Like, oh, yeah. While also being able to control how often you get into the heavy bits of the story. Like, oh man, I just got through this checkpoint and that was a hard climactic thing and I need a break. I'm going to go wander the shops. And then I'm going to get back into it. 
and it's like name a movie where you can take a break halfway through and still be watching the movie and still be 100% involved in the main story while also taking a nice detour through the shops and upgrading your character that you can't do that in movie you get to change the way that the characters are dressed it but in video games you do you get to change normal mundane things but then you also like games like mass effect where you can change the ending where they they challenge you kotor they they let you decide are you going to be the good guy or the bad guy like i don't think that these are in any way adequate ways of deciding if a player that plays the dark side is going to end up being a serial killer uh i would argue it's a form of blow off valve well exactly so like if if I, my thing though is I th- think that there's a way to get it to that good. I think that there's I would say a way it's to, already there. to eventually get your like par- well I mean like your paragons and stuff like that like where where your meters change what type of person you are in the game and I think that there's a way to eventually get it to accurately reflect who you are on the inside. Mm. But I don't think we've ever even come close. Yeah. But name another system that's that close besides therapy. No, no other form of yeah. media in any fashion is that close besides therapy and checklists. Well, and uh, we'll have to. Well, actually, now we're doing fine. Um, <laughs> it's Christmas story, people. We're talking about video games. Uh, so there's actually a game that's supposed to be coming out. I want to say it's Six Days in Fallujah is what it is, and it's it's not just based yeah, on okay. a true story. It is a true story. The characters are modeled after real-life troops that have shared their stories. And, and like, I saw the trailer. Even the trailer gets pretty emotionally heavy. And I'm like, okay, this is the next step in storytelling, is actually getting to experience somebody else's life to that extreme. I want to say it's the story of Dark Horse, Uh, a Marine battalion uh, that lost Fallujah. Hmm. Name another nation yeah. or, or medium where being the losing side is the main story point. Um, Halo Reach. Um, you want another? You want another video really good? Games. Well, yeah, Halo Reach was fantastic as well. But you want a <laughs> video game? Oh wait, um, you're serious? Let me laugh harder. No, I'm just kidding. I no, I didn't you want like a video it. game that really distills down. Okay, fair enough. Um, is there a delay for my end? A video game that really distills down. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think yeah, because I'm okay, sorry. You, yeah, you you done. stop here and we go. Okay, video game that really distills down writing. Okay, game that really distills down writing to its base most basic terms. Check out the game Journey. It originally came out on PlayStation. Okay, Journey is the hero's journey literally broken down into sections of the game and it takes you through the entire hero's journey arc if you ever plan on writing the hero's journey play through journey you will then understand it significantly better than you would ever have otherwise all right well that sounds uh, like i'm a gonna good... try up and back in i'm gonna try to dro- yeah. drop and join back in and see if this fixes the lag issue Okay, well, now that he's gone, we can finally have a real show for once. Uh, no. Uh, 
Yeah, it, it's... What is show dot dot dot... Okay, you're doing... My puppet that's, master that's, that's... is not here. <laughs> no, uh, it's... Yes, but I think... I, I think that that is the next phase for games is to have those kinds of experiences. Like, I even had this, this crazy idea for, like, you know, well, of course, it's probably not going to be launched off the ground because uh, there's a lot of controversy behind it. But, like, imagine a 9-11 video game from a firefighter's perspective or any kind of event in history like that where you could then not not just be told the story but experience it firsthand. I mean, I know that's that's a heavy concept to consider, but just, I mean, that really, I think, is the next evolution is actually taking those real stories and putting it. And I mean, it, it's, and, and we could prove that it'll work because, I mean, Medal of Honor was successful for a reason, even though it kind of turns into like, you know, a heroics type World War II story. That, that first landing on Normandy, that was insane when I first played it. I mean, I was a younger, younger kid then, but it's just, games have a unique right. way... To, to bring stories to life that really, admittedly, books, television, and movies just can't. Well, they, it's it's something that you were saying on Casual Filth the other day, and it's it's like ever since video games are playing life without consequences, and, and I made a point to you saying, no, there are consequences, they're just not life or death, they're not physical. Yeah, and, they're all and spiritual that, and mental. I think, and, and not even hardly spiritual. Fortunately, you can be the gangsterest gangster in GTA and then still be a loving human being in real life. And in real life, like, you're a total loser that goes to a nine to five job. Yeah, no, that's, that's... And, and you don't punch anybody. and You don't steal anybody's car and you don't just go shooting whenever you feel like it, even though you own tons of guns like that to me is like the if we ever needed a place to practice life video games are the only thing we've created that are even close and i know a lot of well, people talk about like the metaverse and getting into that like following falling into the matrix and i agree that's a terrible idea because if if the matrix isn't or the metaverse isn't you know some omnipotent ai machine trying to out like smart us and instead it's our own device that we've created brought into our own homes and then we continue to use it all day every day then it is heroin it is any addiction. It is equal to all of your addictions. Same with your own console. Same with your own PC. Like, if you devote whole life to a thing and you don't take ownership of your life, it's an addiction and that is a problem. But yep. that is a personal problem that everybody needs to handle personally. Right. And 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 that's where I think that like the the metaverse and and Ready Player One in reality is yeah you will have some die hard tryhards who will die at 25 because they spent all day every day from 24 to 25 in the game and forgot to get out and gave themselves some form of uh failure abdominally or somewhere like something failed but that's not going to be everyone most of us are going to pop in oh look i'm here for well, a couple hours oh, i gotta go do dishes how, oh, how are we gonna know things. how are we gonna know if we shouldn't you know game for 26 hours straight without peeing if somebody else doesn't do it first exactly. you know it's like yeah it sucks that guy died but how else was the human race gonna learn we kind of learned by trial and error okay. that's that's okay, basically the history on. of humanity hold on 
Your goal in life should not be to be a cautionary example to others, though. Well, okay? no like, shit. <laughs> but that's what I'm uh, at the same time. I consider that to be the most honorable of pursuits. <laughs> hey, yeah, no greater love this found than of one who lays their own life down. No. Um... <laughs> For video games. Right. So that you know how long you can go without peeing. Exactly. Now, I, I think I think the answer is pretty simple. Well, it's not. It's, it's simple, and what my answer is, execution's different, and that's education, and that's the constant reminder that that indulgence in fantasy is indulgence in fantasy. It's not real life. It's not. Uh, well, and and that's that that adds even greater value to my point about video games and what I, where I yeah. was trying to go, and then I just lost it, and that's these are educational tools like the reason call of duty is the world's like most loved game or something like that like just i'm saying call of duty because it works with the sentence the reason that those games are loved is the reason that they're loved but also like nobody loved the game at the onset like nobody was like i found this case i know this is gonna just be the game for me it's gonna work no, they, they went in and they played and they were like, yeah, F this game, I'm out. And then they are like, booted it up again and booted it up again. And, and then they got good and they were like, I love this game and now I'm going to play. So that's proof that somebody, that there was a learning curve. Once the curve was achieved, the it, it didn't go away. It's not like with math when you go and you learn all your adding. You're not like, oh, you know what I want to go do? I'm going to go add numbers all day today. No, you're, you're like, I gotta get on to division, I gotta get on to subtraction. But with Call of Duty, you can be like, I don't know how to play, I don't know how to play. I can play Plateau. I'm playing. And that's it. And, and you'll keep playing, you'll keep booting it. But that's not math, that's not writing, that's not reading. That's None of our other forms of education or learning are like, you know what I want to do? Go do some more of that practice again. Whereas Call of Duty, it was never practice, it was always game day. From the moment you jumped into multiplayer, from the moment you jumped into the single player game, it was game day. And you keep playing, you keep going back, even though you sucked at the beginning. Whereas like if math, if you had the option to quit taking math, most of us would quit taking math after the first math day. Oh, I don't know right? about that. You're, you're talking to the- Most, not okay. all. Uh, I definitely fair. wasn't one. I, I, I'm a nerd. Yeah, <laughs> I mean- and through. Like, you're, you're talking to one of the guys that literally took every available advanced math that he could get his hands on. Because... I got to calculus and then failed out. Okay. Um, yeah, I took calculus, algebra, geometry, and finite um, all in the same year, actually. Um, uh, yeah, my, my, my senior year of high school was finite, algebra, geometry, calculus, physics, uh, computer science... Uh, and then, uh, oh, uh, world, uh, ancient history. But how much of that was playing spares. video games along the way? All of it. Exactly. Like, I don't, I have yet to meet somebody who loves football, loves any other physical game, and is also super into physics math science and and is super into learning about the rest of the world but i know so many gamers that are like yeah i i'm not a huge fan of shakespeare but like hamlet really it's like dude why do you know anything about shakespeare we were talking about video games and it's like well it's all connected you got to know good story writing when you know good reading and you know, and, and that's what I learned about black holes. And it's like, why did you learn about black holes? Well, I was playing this space game and I wanted to know if the physics were real. 
Oh, why do you care? Well, Dude. because like I'm playing a game and it matters to me. Oh yeah, and like, it's like football players aren't like, oh, I need to know about the trajectory of my football. I just need to throw harder. Yeah, no, honestly, my favorite example of that is when Kerbal Space Program came out, and three months later, every single person there suddenly understood and could have like deep discussions about like astrophysical navigation and like you know oh well I'll, I'll use a gravity assist from this planet and that planet and this third planet and I'll loop around this one about six times just so I can be slightly more efficient in my fuel consumption right and that and, you know, wasn't NASA suddenly making more mission yeah, I know yeah it's like you know, clearly they, they don't know what they're doing in comparison to my experience in this video game, right? Like, that's the kind of craziness that we saw, and it was fantastic. Well, it's not just craziness, it's motivation. Like, what oh, yeah. other thing makes you want to research like video games? Like, that to me is, is... Like, everybody's been trying to find what's the thing that are going to get our kids in the classroom wanting to be in the classroom well if you told them every 20 minutes that they pay attention they get 15 minutes of video games no kid's gonna want to come home ever and if you you then get those kids to make video games that then make it so those 20 minutes of education are now just all video game time that is educational whoa 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 but john but john if you let them have fun in the classroom then they won't be programmed for the nine to five to work in the factories and the office jobs but we're not programmed for that either as it is well we were never because... really meant for post-industrial life that's all a bunch of made-up bullshit no, too no no we totally were we always have been it, it's the evolution of society as we don't have to worry about <laughs> as we don't have to worry about our safety i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry no industry i have safety. to hard i have to hard disagree with that there while we can certainly advance our industry um looking back and actually studying the way that carnegie and all those other assholes went about it they went about it in a way that enriched themselves it was not about Look the betterment how, of humanity or society. It was about themselves. About it, Ford was also Ford, an asshole too. No, Ford was a super anti-Semitic. Anti-Semitic, yeah, yeah. He was a full-on racist but, Nazi. No, no, he was a not a full-on racist Nazi. He was more like he provided trucks to the Germans in World War II. Like yeah, the fact that Ford hasn't been canceled so tells me all America. I need to know about Cat, huh? The, the reason we didn't get into World War II is not because we were like, that's not our fight, not our problem. No, it's because German lobbyists were successfully paying off our government to keep us out of it. Yep. It has. And so you can't blame Ford for being like, oh, well. Well, no, I can. Because on just like Boeing, just like. No, no, but yeah, no, no but, I can. I can call but, them out. And I'm going no, to. You can call him out. You can call him out. No, no problem. But you can't blame him for being the one that like profited off of okay. it when the entire U.S. government profited off of it until they couldn't any longer see December seventh, Pearl Harbor. Like we would have just continued letting anyway. them do their thing because we were that bad. But what is it the point that you also, want to make real quick? Because this is turning into a rogue council. Not that I'm <laughs> offended by that. So, so Ford spent a bunch of his time and manpower and he's the one that came up with the 40 hour work week and his idea oh so he's the one you... i'm supposed to blame no you're not mate you're, not you're just making this so case harder no, for me <laughs> for yourself because i'm not done 
So he came up with the 40-hour work week. The idea was that for 22% of your life, I will give you all of the money and all of the education to do your job at my company and live your life outside of that 22%, however you feel. And so he didn't have manager level one. He didn't have GMs or RMs or DMs or any of that. What he had was, I've got some people that are really good at managing. They're managers. They all make the same pay. Every position was about you. Once you got into the company, you could start laterally transferring until you found your hole to sit in and live in for the rest of your life in the company. And the money wasn't ever about the incentive. You were getting your raises annually because you committed another year of hard labor to the company and the company rewarded you for that. His whole thought process was, I need bodies. I'm going to incentivize those bodies to come work for me. And he was selling his company as a place of work worth working at. And the thing that you need to blame Ford for is not getting that out there to everyone. Because not only, if, if everyone started running their business as if it was their house, and they were trying to make it the nicest, funnest house to spend your 22% of your life at, we would have a lot less people getting burned out and tired of working 40 hours a week. But because no biz, every business is going to nickel and dime operating costs down to the bare minimum. Why do you think Their they house? Right. Is why the bare minimum? Why do you think they stock everything ever? Why do you think they stock sty toxic styrofoam cups in the coffee room? Why do you think they never replace the coffee machine until it's absolutely necessary? Why do they think exactly. they use disposable plastic cups for the and, water and cooler? Sort of, and that to me, that's the part that Ford got right in his like understanding and that's the part that like video games also gets right because video games are that same thing you can't just look at the case and know you're gonna have a good time so they build a house for you to play in and you get to go and you play and you also make them a ton of money because you're having fun and and, and that's where i think that's where like microtransactions and all this other stuff are failing is because they're stripping the fun and just trying to get the money. Well, well, and video like, games are serious business, bro. Okay. Well, yeah. If you're having okay, fun, guys, it's because you suck. Million dollars of fun before microtransactions. Yeah, I know. Microtransactions. Now, guys, are the I hate to be that guy. The market but went down. Are, are we supposed to be talking about Christmas movies? Yeah. Well, without Ford, we wouldn't have Christmas or something. I don't know. Uh, anyway, John, that's a, those are good points, and and I will admit that that regarding that, that's true. That that I can at least admit that even though I'm not a fan of Ford, for you know, some reasons are petty, others are legit. I would think. Um, no, that's a valid point, and I'm glad he was able to do something. Guess what? Well, President Andrew Jackson did some good shit too. But well, my big thing is, if you really want to know about Ford and what he did good, read his autobiography. That was I, I don't want to just I know what he did good. I, I think we're at a point in our no. in our human history where we need to start no, accepting that people have their well, flaws. No, no, no. But what he did good is on the level of Tesla and Franklin. Like he mathematically developed solid systems of organization planning. He actually found out a literal and proved it way to farm three months and produce 
all of the annual output of like cropping and everything like that. So farmers would, if they had adopted Ford's method, they would have been done farming every year, three okay. months, okay. 90 days. Well, and they failed. That's so his autobiography goes into that kind of like detail. He mathematically figured that kind of stuff out, not just. Well, I I, I, I appreciate I appreciate the education. No, I really do. You know that we do like to we like to have certain. You know, we're talking about mental stimulation. There we go. We got got some little background into why John likes Ford. Uh, Chevy is a superior machine, regardless. So, in the interest of sequels and properly continuing a classic, this year we got a Christmas story, Christmas, and wow. Um, there, there is, you know, I thought I related to the dad in the, in the first one. Um, I, again, without the kids, I basically am the dad in this movie. Struggling author, hot and clumsy wife. That's about it. But I also, I do want to point out, did anybody catch the super meta joke in the beginning when they go to the house? Did anybody pick up on that because i had to rewind it well i rewound it once and then our internet was being stupid so it rewound itself like five times so i had to watch this scene five times so it's burned into my brain but when he's pulling up to the house and he says oh there it is my house it hasn't changed in a day it hasn't changed or no says it's uh hasn't changed in a decade as it's it's stuck you know like it was stuck in time or frozen in time yeah frozen in time did anybody catch the meta joke behind that line? Okay, so the actual Christmas Story house, it has been maintained. It's, I, I don't think it actually is a national landmark, but it's basically been maintained like a national landmark. You can actually stay in it. It is a functioning bed and breakfast. And so when he said that line, it's frozen in time, I lost my shit. Because... It quite literally is frozen in time. That's awesome. I didn't know that. I know. I was so that happy when he said that. Great. Deep cut fourth wall break. And that is exactly how you do it when it's not okay. Oh, yeah. That is And phenomenal. You know, I, I will. There was another scene. Okay. I think the scenes that touched my heartstrings way more than the original Christmas story ever did was when he gets arrested and it turns out that the cop is his old bully and the guy's going through like these nightmare scenarios as we're used to from this character yeah I've never done anything like that that. before uh, being an analyst I I bet Skogly Oten's never had moments like that either I don't know what you're talking about I'm saying insecure you're insecure shut up yeah but but the fact that he drops him off at home and says, hey, man, if it was any, you know, like, I freely admit when I was a kid, I was a bit of a dick. Uh, you know, I can do is drop you off. and know, You know, hey, that's what's going on. You're lucky I answered because if it was somebody else, you would have been screwed. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going like, you know, that might be the most Christmas spirit part of the story for me. That this guy who was, you know, a bit of a dick when he was a kid, grew up, became a good human being, and went, hey, you know, I can help this guy out. And yeah, you know, I know these guys are friends, so it's probably something to do with their friendship. I'm not going to worry about it. He's a good guy. He's just trying to do right by his family. Let's take care of it. 
right? That, to me, was probably one of the best scenes when you sit down and go, like, wow, this really actually has the Christmas spirit there. Right? And, you know, I, I get why, you know, some people may not totally identify with this character, but if you're a dad, you've 100% had this Christmas happen to you. Where you're so determined to make a good Christmas for your family and everything just goes sideways on you, but you still manage to pull it together just somehow, right? And that was... I, I was sitting there going like that. That is so much how wonderful this is. And the fact that, you know, the, the Christmas day... Uh, I'm going to call it the, little, the minor Christmas miracle that happens at the near the end. I don't want to ruin it for people, but the fact that it came together like that, that is his dad was still kind of making Christmas perfect for the family. You know, yeah, that, that touched me a lot. Our, uh, our it really meant something to me. Our resident, uh, our, our, our resident music provider. Sorry to interrupt. We got fan mail from Michael Gabanik says, Merry Christmas. Y'all hope you had a great holiday. Same to you, bro. Thank you for tuning in. We do appreciate all of our support, uh, that comes from our viewers. And, of course, you know, we appreciate this sick audio that we have playing in the background that sometimes fades out a little bit. But, yeah, yeah. it was recommended we went something a little softer, and I think it works. I like it. Um, yeah, this this movie was, you know, you could say it's not necessary, but it's up there with, with the proper sequels. You know, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, I mean, the Back to the Future trilogy is perfect, really, in, in my opinion. Um, when you opened this this discussion with in in the year of sequels, or nothing has ever been more of a just okay, finally, like like when it comes to reboots, man, the the year of reboots. We even you know talked about reboot. There was even a show called Reboot, and which and was a good show. A reboot that was respectful and better like I I say better only because the the thing that really killed me about this movie is in the last one it really did just feel like real life things are happening to this family okay but in the second one it was better because the dad passes away and in a lot of movies I'm like oh Sucks for the family, I guess. Let's see how these actors act this out. But in this one, I legitimately was like, I can't watch this. This reminds me exactly of when my mom left. And I was done. And, and I didn't finish the movie. I couldn't. But it was because it was so good. And it just made me feel of actual feelings. And I was like, I, those are feelings I'm not ready for. I'm not finishing this. I'm out. And, and I walked away, but I walked away because it was actually making me feel for real. And and a movie doing that is top-notch. Yeah, and a it's 100%. sequel doing yeah. that, it, it puts the first one to shame only because it was able to do that again. Right, because it comes at you with real... It's the same reason why I love Deadpool, because Deadpool puts it in perfect like it's i can confirm with 100 percent certainty it's not what the cancer does to you that sucks it's what it does to the people you love yeah um i've seen that firsthand and in this movie it's like nothing prepares you for the inevitable death of a parent 
that that is true. And and I can say with certainty, leading up to our mother's passing, it it was it, it, no amount of worrying or preparing for the inevitable made any difference until it happened. So so my the advice to everyone part, is, huh? Well, the worst part in that instance is we got prepared for the inevitable every year for five years. It's an emotional roller coaster. That's the bullshit of cancer. The doctor will come in and yeah. say you got one week. Yeah, no, I'll just, yeah, without turning this into a total, you know, mental breakdown session, I will just simply say that, you know, if you're in one of those positions where somebody's got that horrible diagnosis, um, be happy, be hopeful, and make the last memories count because I've, I've been through both. I I went through that emotional (laughs) roller coaster with our mother and then I went through that with with Ruth my Key West grandmother but with her she wanted me to she wanted all of us to be joke it was jokes and it was good times and if you needed to cry that was fine but she wanted she wanted the last memories on earth to be happy and honestly that's one of the greatest gifts that any of my friends have ever given me because I think of her and I miss her a lot but it's it's a good kind of pain it's one that's worth yeah. it. It's and that's how you know that your love and connection with people is real is because of that pain. And it hurts, it sucks and you think you don't want to feel it and, and there's times where you don't. But uh, honestly, I've been through it enough so many times at this point that that it's that's actually what makes all of it worth it. All of this experience in the end is worth it because of those connections we make because we're able to still feel connected to those people when they're no longer in our physical realm. That's that's when you know that it was all worth the time and effort, the tears, the laughs, all of that time you spent with those special people. And you and never so be ashamed of the tears that come later because oh, you absolutely can't not. tell them what you wanted to tell them. You just like, speak no it out there. Shit that hurts. Speak it. Just Don't say be it. Ashamed of it. Yeah, even if you want to say it in this, you know, privacy of your own home, words have a lot more power. Then our society wants you to accept and believe. And a much more calming and, effect than just and trying let's to be think honest. it through. Grief is not like a one day, a one week, a whatever thing. It's a process that takes a very long time to work through. And sometimes you never do get over the loss of somebody. You just learn to live through it. Oh, you never get over I, it. And, well, yeah, you, and that's okay. Yeah. I, I opened this discussion by saying it reminded me of my mom. I'm almost to a decade since it happened, and it hit me so hard, ripped me wide open. I was just like, no, not for me. And and that's okay, too. If you're like me, yeah. and something brings in the memories, and you're like, I'm not in a place I want to deal with that, then don't. And yeah. don't they created tomorrow it. for a reason. Grief. Just don't put yeah. it off all the time, though. Well, don't. I, to me, it wasn't putting it off. My thing was watching the movie. It was legitimately just like I don't need this right now. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I want to enjoy the movie, but if the movie is bogged down by me regretting and crying and thinking, then it's like you know. I, you got to come back to it at a later I can't time. Enjoy it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. And with the and I meant just more in a general sense with what I said. When it comes to grief, there's not no, a yeah, whole lot of very well. right ways to grieve. There's a fuck ton of wrong ways, though. And so, you know, you, you just... The well, there, there's a right wrong. way for the individual. I say the wrongest wrong is never say you aren't hurting if you're hurting. 
I even if you can, even if you don't want to get into it, even if you never want to go past it, and even if you just want to say I'm fine, because everybody fine means. Yeah. Don't ever say you're okay, because you're not. And if you keep saying you're okay, you're never gonna be okay. But you are going you to be okay. Having to pretend like you are. You will get through whatever you're going through. That is that I can say is a fact. I mean, I. I look back on my life and some of the challenges and struggles that I've had. And I'm like, you know, it, it, it amazes me not because from an egotistical, Oh, look how cool I am. It's, it amazes me sometimes just looking back and going, I I did it, but I want, but I'm not saying this because I want you to look at how cool I am. I'm saying this. If you just happen to be somebody who stumbled on our, our show or stream, um, and, and if you're going through something, you will be okay. But as John says, you do need to get through it. At some point, you do need to take your ship through the storm. Um, obligatory like, subscribe remark. If you like what we're doing here, please share, like, show the stream. We we love doing this, and we love bringing, uh, bringing our thoughts, and we love hearing your thoughts in the comments section as well. And for those, and I'm also going to put this out there, that if you are gonna... having trouble dealing... Well, let, me, let me get this one in. If you guys are, just putting it out there too, if you are having trouble dealing with loss and you need somebody to talk to, look, these guys, both both of them, are pretty awesome guys. This is also what I do too, is I help people get through some of this stuff. So feel free to reach out. I'm here for you guys. All right? And, and I know these guys are definitely here for you too. I mean, and, I'll and definitely think, try my best, but, you know. If, if you're wondering why we're we're so the way that we are i i don't know all of corion's story but i do know most of parker's and i do know most of mine and that's how you phrase that like you've drank some of it away (laughs) drank hit done some things um we're our goal like we are people that have suffered we're just regular ass americans like you to us and corion but we know what it means to have people like ourselves you know podcasters that actually are honest about the way they feel honest about their suffering and getting over it and still having a positive outlook on this world like that's what we came here to do is to show that despite where we've been despite how bad it gets and i know it gets bad for everyone even for me this week has been extremely stressful this month this year i'm exhausted but like parker said I'm still here. And if that's why you come to us, if you just want to double check to see if you're making it like the other people barely making it, like we're poor. We may be hosting on a on the internet and and you can like look at our backgrounds and think, man, those guys might have more money than me. Don't, don't think that. We don't. <laughs> Are, it, you, if you're making more than 21,000 a year, which is the minimum wage in the United States, you're making about as much as we are. And Something like that. I, I'm I'm it's not like disclosing my people. current income because well, that's, uh, anyway. that's why I picked that number. Yeah. No, I just don't need uh, the attention. Um, <laughs> but but I I mean we're not we're not Joe Rogan. We didn't we didn't sign a hundred million dollar contract. Oh, Joe Joe and, Rogan. And well, Joe Rogan. The good thing. Joe Rogan. He. Now that being said, if you are a producer and you're willing to give us a hundred million dollar contract. We won't say no. We, we, uh, well, 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 we won't say I'll yes either. That knob. Well, yeah. 
Start your own network, John. <laughs> Just kidding. Now we we aren't going to sell out by any Fuckers, means, really, but yeah. we are open to deals and we are open to talking. So if you want our pretty faces to help, you know, get what you think is important out there, we'll listen to your ideas. But uh, <laughs> we're not. Yeah, yeah. If any of you guys want to sell out? Go right ahead. Um, <laughs> no, uh, Christmas oh, I Story Christmas is like I said, it's it's a proper sequel, and yes, it does hit those those themes, but it that. John, I know what moment you're talking about in the beginning, and it was rough for me, too. And I'm like, you know, yeah, struggling author, death of a parent, and, and like I said, smoking hot when, wife. And I'm like, it was when uh, he got home. Huh? It was when he got home and started helping his mom. And I was just like, God. Like, like I all don't, the my big thing, my big thing is, is like, it's the opposite predicament, but also the exact same. Because according to the, the story, it was the dad that put the majority of the effort into getting Christmas ready. But in our house, it was our mom. Like, like our dad was way closer to Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jingle All the Way than he was <laughs> to this right. character. Holy shit, you're right. <laughs> and and and, and I love that we picked all of these movies. Even yeah, though I'm not yeah. a fan of A Christmas Story, and and I didn't finish the new one because it like hit me so hard, but like oh dude, what I am a fan of more than anything is when love is shown lovingly. Yeah, and and, um, and if this wasn't a love for the dad, that is the same love that I'm missing, and and the same like love that I felt and feel, like I then that movie wasn't real like because that's exactly what i felt the way that he said the way that he talked about the loss that's why i couldn't finish i was like that's why holidays are dead to me that's why they've always been dead to me well one of the things that i I did really also think that was important too is the the concept of trying to live up to the legacy of a parent especially when your experience with that parent was as the kid know who worships their parents right and then suddenly you are in that situation you know that mantle has been thrust upon you and you're trying to be the one that you know is all things to all people and you know if that doesn't tie generations together i don't know what will because that that is one of those moments that we all go through and i'm sure our parents went through it i'm sure our parents parents went through it like somewhere way back when there's some caveman and trying to run around finding like i don't know a porcupine to give their son for christmas right like we're, we're all there you know we all did this and I'm definitely sure it was a you know turbo I, pine. yeah you know like you know something along those lines like you know they, they were looking for just that right fur right i mean that's you know but that it the fact that it's that universal right and that it's speaking to those timeless universal things like i know this movie was probably set in like the 70s but you could have set it modern day you could have set it with cell phones and blackberries and everything else and the core concepts would have worked completely still i agree yeah they absolutely would have worked yeah john you definitely got to finish it the, the the scene that you're talking about it once they have that established it it then turns into the memory lane going back through the childhood, seeing where all the childhood friends grew up. And, and it's more of, okay, this is, that's the thing that I can't do. Oh, 
Wow. To me, it, it's it's this constant like I in my own head in my own world, I I have such an issue with going the path and comparing and contrasting, mostly because of anxiety. Like always double checking, am I better than I was yesterday? But one of the like I suffered a huge head injury in 2016. And so because of that head injury, most of my memories are a hundred percent wrong. And in that essence, trying to go back, that's the thing I have to like, like, that's what hurts. That's what's hard is like, I don't get to remember like most people do. I get to remember the pieces that I remember, but then having to also remember that I don't get to remember everything. It's like, oh yeah, I am disabled. And it's just like for the whole rest yeah. of the movie, <laughs> you know, and, and, and that, and that's like a big thing that I have going, like a, a big issue I had going back with the, the first Christmas movie. It's like, everybody says this movie's good. I remember watching it every Christmas on Christmas before Christmas leading up to Christmas. It's not good. And all I can remember is that, like, like I can't remember all the good times that were like swarmed around it, like cuddling up on the couches and, and watching it with the, with the music and the smells and the sounds. I don't remember any of that. So like part of me like doing the show for me as somebody who doesn't remember anything or, or hardly anything, it, this, our stream is, is my way of at least saying I said it to the world. And then I can come back one day and I can double check if I said it to the world. And, and I'll also say this too, and I think this is an important piece to add. It's actually a very, very good thing that you have this situation the way you do in a lot of ways, because I have nostalgia about this, these, the, the Christmas story movie. Petey has the nostalgia of it. You're able to take a little bit more of a different view on that. And that's an important piece to, uh, to it as well. Because you're not viewing it through those same lenses, right? You're able to look at it a little more critically than we would be able to because we've got so many memories tied up with it. So in a lot of ways, that's a good thing too. It gives us a different perspective, right? And Yeah, absolutely. You know, so there, there I, I know it, it sometimes feels kind of crappy about stuff like this, but there are, there are wonderful pieces to it too, right? Oh, the, I mean, I, I envy awesome. how many... Yeah, I like I envy how many experience, how many first time experiences you get to have twice, right? Like that's twice, dog. It's pretty damn cool. It's cool. Yeah, I, I have accidentally done the same time thing for the first time, like eight times this month. <laughs> I, I. Okay, but that's, that, that's cool that, as hell, man. Yeah, yeah, it is. And and that's why like I, I don't want to take a bunch of time to be like, oh, woe is me in, in that I've lost. Instead, like, that's all added to, like, why I just walk away. Because, like, the pain for me is not necessarily reliving the memories. It's the fact that they're not real. When, yeah. when, when everybody else goes, like, do you remember when so-and-so did this thing? And I'm like... Which one's so and so? Well, no, no. And the that re- makes life itself way more fun and makes it for yeah. me a lot easier to live in the moment. But 
Also, I'm only living in this moment. I don't remember the last one. <laughs> so, yeah, just taking the Ted Lasso approach and being a goldfish. Well, I mean, like I like to say... Hold on a second. I'm going to get to this fan mail. Skogliotin writes in, I can barely piece my 20s together due to 20 years of severe drug and alcohol addiction and three extreme bouts of a head trauma. Uh, thank you for sharing. Um, we, we greatly appreciate that. But also, Dude. cheers to you, bro, because you overcame that, and now you do chill streams on your channel where you write songs and you jam. And that's all I know about you right now. But... It doesn't look like you're stuck in hard drugs and alcohol anymore. So, yeah, sucks you lost those memories, but good for you, man. Um, yeah. At least you come off as stable to me. better ones for other people, despite your lack of memory. Yeah, and thanks for sharing, you know, the, the, the hard life lesson there. Um, you know, the thing is, for, for me, it's... I'm at the point where I've resolved that this existence is like watching your favorite movie for the first time. And I guess in John's case eight times um that feeling that thrill that excitement is only experienced once every time you go back and rewatch it sure you kind of refeel those feelings but that first time experience only happens once well we can take that a step further for our very existence this realm of existence that we refer to as the reality or the present it doesn't matter if you believe in reincarnation, do-overs, separate timelines, happily forever after, doesn't matter. This experience right here and now is one and done. So, just some things to think about for your own life. Gogliotin um, writes in, I'm and eight years sober. And Gogliotin is eight years sober. Yeah, That's dude, congratulations on that. It takes a hell of a lot of willpower to... to make that choice and to stick with it that is yeah truly commendable sir absolutely absolutely and i you know i mean just right there with you i i haven't smoked a cigarette in over four years and that's one thing i'll, I'll never go back to and i'm thankful that i at least you know and this is just speaking for me and 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 hopefully you know not not saying that that you have to do that my way thankfully I, i'm able to enjoy a cigar every now and then without relapsing but um, now cigarettes, I had to give up completely. I wanted to be one of those social smokers that would only smoke while out on the town or with other people who were smoking, but I did not possess the, the mental prowess. So I eventually just had to kick that gross habit to the curb and I'm glad I did. My wife is certainly glad I did. And, uh, my lungs and voice are very glad that I did. So, um, also kind of glad that I did try smoking so I could experience it first hand sort of but anyway um no i mean as corian likes to yeah. say those experiences are what make us who we are even the stupid ones no i 100 percent agree i had the exact same logic so i guess what i'm trying I, to say scogli is laughing because same yeah i'm, I'm just i'm just gonna <laughs> say scogli guess what i'm trying to say is man don't beat yourself up about having done it just be glad that you overcame it and and but always remember you did if you can it. pride learn the lessons from it and remember it and keep it with you right you know the, the experiences that we have bad ones we learn a lot of ourselves yeah you know it's good to be able to have those experiences at the end of the day and the, so. the lack of memory thing 
it, if you're somebody like me who doesn't remember on a regular basis, like writing it down works. Uh, I'm not 10 Second Tom from 50 First Dates. Hi, I'm Tom. You remember that one? It's, anybody, it's one of my favorites. Oh, I've, I don't think I've ever actually sat down to watch that movie, but I definitely remember seeing in the background and going, oh, yeah, it's Adam Sandler. That movie is hilarious. It's so funny. But it's relatively similar to how my life wakes up. And so yeah. if, if you're somebody that's similar to that, like the way it ends where she watches a catch-up film every morning to tell she's missed so far and it's it's a very brief highlight because she always wakes up on the same day i don't wake up on the same day i wake up today trying to figure i got here um yeah it's it's i i I equate my daily wake up a lot closer to john mulaney's understanding of amnesia where if he woke up and he goes like i would never wake up and yell who are you i i wake up and go Hey, bud. Yeah. And Scog- then piece it all together. Scogli Yoten writes in, I joke that I'm like Leonard from Memento. That is absolutely not the case, but to a small degree, it's a little bit true. Or uh, there's the fictional characters. I, version of the fictional version. I, I definitely related to, and well, probably will relate once again here soon, to uh, Dr. Perry Cox from Scrubs. That is That is one of my fictional, he is one of my <laughs> fictional heroes. Dude, um, I relate to the main character rewatching that show and realizing that like he's a guy who graduated college for his doctorate. I realized that like he's not an idiot. He just thinks like one. All right, well then Barbie, I'm just going to start dressing you with girl names and that's that's going to be our thing now. Um call me Ken. All right, any last so Barbie's so yeah, so so <laughs> John couldn't finish the homework um which is yeah i don't think there's i I was like i don't want to bust the but nah 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 leave him alone um no it's fine this time it's fine you you get a a totally acceptable note from totally (laughs) yeah he got he got he got a permission slip from our mother anyway but um we will note that this is exactly why i'm always honest like i tell you when i fail just because i got distracted and forgot it's that one of the reasons why I don't kick you off all the time. the other way. Exactly. <laughs> Truth and honesty. It really is the only way. Uh, so with that, we're moving along fast here, but you know what? We've found, okay. found great ways to tangent. What's up? I want to talk about Jingle All the Way. because Well, that's why I moved on. So we can, we can talk about Jingle All the Way for the rest of the show. I was to load it up because I was ready. Like, <laughs> I, this one, I rewatched this one, and it was 100% better than I remembered because I was <laughs> mixing it with a different movie. Oh, oh I, I mean, we'll obviously get into it for Dude, the discussion, but it has aged very well. Schwarzenegger can't act, but he is exactly every buff salesperson like parker you remember my best friend maddie growing up right yeah he seen kid for most of his life and then suddenly arnold schwarzenegger basically with slightly longer hair and the duck fin for the swoosh right but a hundred percent meathead a hundred percent like he took third in his first ever bodybuilding competition where he like does the flex he tried it one time just to see if he could and took third that's awesome and 
so well that's what i mean when i paint the picture that he is arnold yep as a person and then watching this movie i basically just watched maddie try to be a dad yeah and i mean and and it was hilarious like it wasn't bad acting it was just also not witty or fully like spoken it was a lot more like body humor and uh like juxtaposition rather than him being like i'm the funny guy i'm the witty dad instead he's like what i loved this movie yeah and the best part about it is i mean it was written like you can clearly tell it's a 90s movie that came out after the 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 fiasco that was tickle me elmo Right, I mean, like you can one hundred percent see that that's where the writers took. Oh, their hold on, history. hold on, hold on. We, well, well, we're skipping ahead, skipping ahead. So let's let's get a play by play going. So, yeah. jingle all the way. Uh, Darth Vader's dad, T eight hundred, forgets to get his son. That explains why the mom said he had no dad. <laughs> it's T two. This is Vader Genesis before. So yeah, yeah. Connor shows up again. <laughs> yeah, except that Schwarzenegger almost says the line from Empire Strikes Back, referring to him, I'm your father. This is three years before he appears as Anakin Skywalker. Just throwing that out there. Uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, Darth okay, Vader's dad at T-800. I actually was legitimately wondering the timeline, because I couldn't tell if that 90, was This movie was 96. This movie was 96. So Phantom Menace was 99. Uh, man, that was a long time ago. Um, so yes, uh, T-800 dad forgets to buy the, the super special Christmas gift, and so he needs to go on a quest to find the, the special Turbo Man doll, which we end up with a total in-universe meta fight scene at the end, which, yeah, we'll get into that. Turbo time. Does anybody know the show, I Think You Should Leave? Can't says that I do. In the first episode, there's a scene where he talks about, uh, has this ever happened to you? And at one point, these two people go, "You, it's turbo time. And they start running all over your apartment and jumping on your bed. And then you try to join them and they go, you can't join us. You're part of the, you're not part of the turbo team. You can't run until we say so. It's turbo time. You go and walk slowly. It's one of the funniest stand-up skit shows of all time. If you haven't seen I Think You Should Leave on Netflix, you absolutely should. It's hilarious in all things perfect about sketch comedy. But they yell, it's turbo time. And when you yelled that at the beginning of the broadcast, it collided in my head and I've been waiting until now to bring that up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, John, you need to work on your levels. Um, we, we got some feedback saying that you talk softly, but I'm loudly, and I'm not turning myself down for obvious reasons. Oh, um, I thought you, you – I adjusted. If I, I have to adjust the settings, they just get broadcast out live, oh, and I really yes, don't okay. want to clutter the How's screen that? with that shit. Uh, still quiet. Let us know in the chat. How am I coming in? Yeah. I boosted okay. my audio reception. So, I'll boost myself to 100 yeah, I, and that? I feel like yeah. There you go. Um, Try one fifty. All right. Very well. Go ahead, Corian. Yeah. So this 
this definitely has that, you know, epic quest almost feel to it. But you also gotta feel a lot for the oh, dad because. Uh, John, you're skipping again. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, think you gotta turn it back down. You're just gonna have to talk louder, or I guess restart. Yeah, we'll get so a show without glitches one day, but it is not yeah. this day. But that day is not this day. Yeah, you know there will come a day when the strength of of lag fails, but it is not this day. <laughs> so no, I, I don't know. I, I love this movie. I love it because. You know, it, it was definitely written at that time after the Tickle Me Elmo fiasco that happened in, in the 90s. It had that that epic, you know, people trampling each other to get a toy for their kid moments that were starting to get frighteningly more and more common. And, you know, it really spoke to, I think, like a lot of the, the hype of that era. And yet... The concept of the dad willing to do just about anything to give the kid the best Christmas they possibly timeless man. That trying to do right by your kids when they really need you to be do right by them, that's a timeless piece of it. And you know, the perfect foil for somebody like Arnold was Sinbad. It absolutely was Sinbad. Because you had a guy who absolutely has fantastic timing. Yeah. That's that slick humor down perfectly. Yeah. No, I could totally, I could, I could totally see why, uh, in this film, you know, you see this in 96 and, oh, that's the same year as Independence Day. Nice. Um, and then, you know, you're like, you know, this is ridiculous. Adults fighting over the last toy in the crew. Come on. That's not, that's not going to happen. Oh, Black Friday eventually evolved into that. I don't remember it being that chaotic in the 90s, but I could be wrong. Um, yeah. Oh, was it? No, I, I think Black Friday is chaotic where it's chaotic, and it always yeah, that's has when it been. Started. We just now get to see. Okay, because then, then Sinbad also has that rant about consumerism and everything, and I'm like, wow, this movie has aged very well so far. And I will agree, Corio, the story is definitely there. It's still good. It's just, when we get to the last sequence, we could have ended the movie 10, 15 minutes earlier. Like, it didn't need to be drawn out to that ridiculous extreme where they go through the 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 whole fight. It just, it was like, okay, we could have still done some cool theatrics and made this convincing. Now we're just, we just, we, we're, we've nuked the fridge. Okay. Um, that's really where the movie just kind of falls off the rails a little bit. But... I still love the idea because it's fantastic. It's a dad who has failed to keep his promises because he's trying to provide for his family, but he's too caught up in work life. He doesn't know how to properly balance it. And so instead, he's afforded this miracle chance from life to actually become one of his son's heroes. And and it's like, that's isn't that any struggling dad's dream? No, I'm asking. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, you got it. One hundred percent. Yeah. So, it's it, it, not just struggling, Dad. I. That's what I love. This is. It's not just that he's like failing to keep to his promises. He's keeping his promise. 
but then there's the day-to-day promises. Like his biggest promise is providing for the family financially so that they always have a bank to fall on so that they can always pay for their dreams and their goals. And you hear the son, like, what did he miss? Like he missed different, like expensive activities that the son's in, like karate. And and he's like, what, Anakin is like 10 years old, the actor in uh, 99. So in this movie, he's supposed to be playing like, what, a three to six year old? I think he has right? six, seven, something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. So this kid, it, it said, I think he was getting his like purple belt or yellow belt, which like uh, in blue. karate, blue, he gets his blue belt. Um, in karate for kids, like they progress a little bit faster, but like it is still pretty substantial, which means that like dad's paying a pretty penny for this kid to go to a pretty good school to learn pretty good karate. And, and so like dad's nailing the bank portion of being a dad, but he is dropping the ball in the day-to-day portion because like it showed us that dad works a job that is very day-to-day like and just remember we appreciate your business and even messes up and says it to his wife oh you're my favorite customer you're my favorite customer that's what he says and he keeps saying it because like that's his sign-off sign at work and so he's been spending more mental time at work to provide that bank and this movie is exactly the hero's journey that every dad faces. Like, oh, like, and I brought this up at the beginning of the show, like, maybe not the beginning of the show, maybe like in the pre-show, but I brought up that like, I have been just exhausted from this, like getting ready for the show that I literally was like, I have one day to do Christmas shopping. And my wife was like, I love shopping in that part of town. And then she, like, jumped on and took the shopping experience so that, like, I took care of the son. But then I was like, I bought nobody Christmas presents. Because I did exactly what he did. I literally saved it to the last second in my time off. I worked all the way through Christmas Eve. So everything was closed by the time I got off work that day. And I was like, I got no time. Well, you so know this what? This is the hero's journey, the modern day consumer world capitalism market. This is what the hero suffers versus yeah. like the heroic fight a dragon. No, in in the quiet times that we live in, the hero gets his kid turbo time on Christmas. Yeah. Oh, for me, uh, one noteworthy thing I, I noted uh, earlier to or when I was watching the film, uh, got a special appearance by Yardley Smith, who voices Lisa Simpson. Um, I, I didn't yep. catch that as a kid, but when I saw that, I was like, oh, it's Lisa! Um, oh, what else? Oh, and, you know, the reason why their household is, is so secure is because, well, Arnold married a woman that can also take care of herself when the desperate, eligible, bachelor, creepy neighbor tries to work his Dude, way he in. he was not creepy. He was literally the epitome of, like... Like, I don't like these terms because they're not scientifically accurate, but everybody understands them. But he was the epitome of a beta going for an alpha. Um, she was an alpha woman. Did, did you... Were you not watching the screen when he grabbed the apron from her? That... That's a little, uh... That's a little personal there. Unless that beta. kind of rapport is established, I would not... 
be okay right, with that but personally. According, like, no, there was like actual dialogue. That that's why I say this movie wasn't written like Arnold Schwarzenegger's an idiot, and everybody on it just wrote for dumb people. Like all the other people that could talk, did talk, and they talked very well. But like there was an established rapport that like this beta neighbor had been like yeah, I, I'm not saying he wasn't pervy or he wasn't forward. I'm saying that like they took the time to make him think that he was winning because she was just right. polite. Right. She was Which patient. Is the majority of well polite. Like she wasn't even hardly patient. She's like, are like I don't need No, you I would argue she like, was no, no, patient no, no, with him. No, I, I would you. I disagree. I think she yeah, was I think I she was that, patient like, because she is didn't polite. I like, disagree. You can be polite well, no, and be impatient. Like, true. Okay. Yeah, I hear you. And, and I'll concede that. Yeah, I hear you on that. And and I mean more polite in the Please general the like. Up. Well, no. So like, I thought it was so funny that like they actually showed what he had assumed were go signs. Like he was like, "Yeah, you are making progress" in his own head, and he actually explained that. Like, and so for her to be like. Just over assuming, like yeah. I was being but then nice she says it. Being a, she says and, it, and, and he didn't yeah. back down. Right. Almost and got almost like, got the clobbering of a lifetime from Arnold, but instead, you know, gets a face full of his own bullshit. Which, ah, eh, close enough. Right, and and I love that this movie did that. Yeah, like, me too. I, I I there's a lot of like people that will say like our media has been washing, like constantly making it okay for men to be uh, abusive and assertive and we go back and we watch a movie in 96 and it's like no that guy was the bad guy and he was the bad guy from the beginning but then they accurately painted it like they didn't just give him this like sinister like i'm gonna sleep with your wife no he was more subtle about those intentions it was a human well he was a human and, and, and it was well like acted and well like characterized, and I appreciate that. Yeah, and, I, and uh, it's I just too. good to know that like when we go, hey, I think this was a good movie. Let's all rewatch this and then talk about it live. It's nice to know that like that was a solid yeah. point to be made in the movie. Yeah, but I mean, looking back at at '96 and the uh, the delusion of the '90s that that I remember growing up in, and, and I mean, most all of us grew up under that same delusion, more or less. Uh, you know, you could just I could see people thinking how absurd that 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 him taking on an entire group of grifting Santa Clauses might be, or uh, you know, a a, a a gag bomb going off and here we are in 2022 and i'm like what it's just another tuesday obviously this is normal now the part like i said where it falls off the rails as we keep going with the whole flying stuff and the jetpack being real and functional and while cool and certainly something i wouldn't mind having to go to and from work with i those effects do not hold up at all they that that they definitely took the cheaper route with that stuff it's clear that the film budget probably could have sustained a lot better um had they like i said had they just cut 15 minutes of that crap out and just made just made the fight stay on the float and you still could have had the moments where oh i was gonna get it i was gonna i had the toy in hand and the kid decides to give it to him and they drop the charges that would have been fine but it's just it's like all right we we get what you were going for in the pre-marvel era 
it just didn't stick the landing on that for me. But I still like the story. I'll probably watch this movie again next year because it's it's you guys are so right. It's all wow, wow, we picked some strong dad movies for our Christmas oh, films. Yeah. Holy crap. Um Yeah, it, it's really it, it's still got a good story, and that's really what matters most at the end of the day. You know, people look at that Star Trek, the original series, and like, eh, the effects are crap, and it's old, and its dialogue is cringy. And I'm like, in some episodes, you are justified in that assertion. In a lot of them, you're a dumbass. So, that's just it's a little harsh way of putting it, but I mean... If, if you as somebody, As somebody who absolutely loves effects and what they've become today just all all versions whether it's sound visual cinematography filming even like i've started to really grow an appreciation for that as well like watching these older movies comparing them to like what i know today it's like wow you guys have gotten good oh, yeah. and i appreciate that i like like well like a lot of people like like banking and lawyering has been made difficult because they've just added more complex language but filming has gotten more difficult because they've added quality in all different respects and that is so awesome like congrats like you guys really have progressed as far as a school that was like made fun of and told that you would never be considered art and now you like watching a 96 film and then watching a today film like literally we did we did toy story or not toy story a christmas story and then and that was 2022 and then we watched jingle all the way and that was 96 and the just pure not even just the difference in in that effect scene but in the light scale like yeah. wow were those films bright for no reason well, I, I actually have a reason why they were that bright. If you're interested in a little bit of yeah, cinema history. Yeah, no, I love it. Okay. Eight, the original series of HD cameras were really terrible at picking up light sources. So they had to really dial up the brightness on everything in order for the HD cameras to pick stuff up. The problem was, it that's what they were told. But in post-production, they were also told that, so they upped the light as well. So everything winds up looking super bright in the 90s because the camera technology was just, you know, when you filmed it natural and the director saw it, he was like, wow, this is dark. So you can actually even see it in, like, classic 90s TV series like Stargate. Anything that was set up to do HD how much of that was had nothing to do with the camera and everything to do with the brightness on the screen that it was being fed back on well exactly right that's like, literally how those screens couldn't go brighter so when he's reading he's like oh, this is really dark it's really green for some reason we got to really yellow this up because that's what the other thing you see is there's so much white 
Yep. And it's so bright. And it's like, why would you do that unless you're watching from a green screen? Well, yeah, that's, like those that's old why. Shitty television screens. That's why the, the Batman the Animated Series is such a standout because it's one of the few products of the 90s that's actually dark. And you want to know, do you know why? I do know why. Actually. Well, I, I, I know no, you do. What about you? You don't know why, John? So they actually animated that show on black paper. Right? To me, that's the only, like, thing that makes sense. When it comes to, like, coloring, <laughs> like, coloring on black is, like, the way to go because, like, all of the black parts need color. Mm-hmm. Versus white paper, it's like, you just have infinite possibility. All of this could be colored. Every little detail. And it's like, negative space matters. With black, it's obvious. With white, it's not. Yeah. And... It- those are the neat little, little pieces of cinema that are to learn and, and find out about. And it's like, you sit there going like, this is kind of trivia. But then when you start rewatching classic stuff with that knowledge, you start picking up a whole lot of little nuanced pieces that you wouldn't have seen otherwise. Yeah. On our, on our Lord of is, the Rings. Is that why other shows are being too dark now? Yes. Because in real time, they're getting the, like, the right colors and they're seeing what they're trying to project. But then post is like, we got to darken this up. Yep. And then they black it. Yep. Wow. All right, guys. Stop overcorrecting. <laughs> yeah, maybe you should bring well, someone who's... Give uh, props uh, for, like, getting so much progress, but also... Maybe you should bring in someone who's a little light-sensitive and color-tarded to, to maybe try to help do some, some balancing on that. Dude, but, oh, yeah, yeah you're color-tarded, too. I forgot. Yeah, the game industry, though, they actually have accessibility features where you can change to the color-tarded. Like... I, I don't utilize those. I, I like the way I see colors. I do, too. Um... Mostly because, like, their other versions are the worst team. Like, I don't want to fight yellow team or orange team. I'll fight red team. Red see, team I don't know, bats. man. I, I just, I see, I'll be honest, red I see in the bat. Windows default, like, 16 colors, that's it. Wait a minute. Anything else is just an ooey or an ish of those 16 colors. But no, um, yeah, no, that's, it's, it's always cool to find out all the different. So, watching, Seven watching players. Lord of the Rings this time around. I noticed a lot of the, the tricks that they used for the illusion, but you know, that's what I actually ended up enjoying it even more this time was because of how much I didn't notice the first 500 times I watched Lord of the Rings. It's, it's really, yeah, it really just shows when you actually want to put together a quality product versus throwing out the corporate trash that we've had in the last couple of years. But it seems that things are starting to trend a little better. Uh, I mean, Top Gun Maverick did really good. Um, and I think yeah. that's a sign of where movies are headed. Uh, obviously, this Christmas Story and, and, film is is a, is a freaking grand slam. Yeah, I would even argue that Avatar 2, we finally got a good dad in a ser- in like a movie for like the first time in like what feels like five to ten years. We got an honest-to-goodness, caring dad 
that is part of their family I... and is doing everything can to protect these kids. It was fantastic. Yeah, no, I'm very... I feel like we got that in a couple of the shows we've talked about. Yeah, no, a couple yeah, of the but shows, like, but well. he's talking about a movie. Which, you know, they're still technically different, even though Orville Season 3 has, like, three movies to finish it. Um, and that's what I've really liked seeing, too, is 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 strong dad characters. It's fine to have some strong mom characters as well, but we also got to balance that out with the other side and, and re you know... Yeah. Restate, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. You know, re we re want... Reinforce or re... re Reinvigorate. Reinvigorate's a good one. Uh, the importance of strong dads in in lives or in our lives and and, and in that's society. The best thing about these I mean, movies that are highlighting strong dads, they're not denigrating the mothers to highlight the dad. Like it's usually, not that the hard. mom no, is no. most likely stronger. <laughs> the mom is most likely doing more effort, even in like the films that we've watched. Or in, in uh, I want to say it was the old man that the mom was substantially smarter than the dad but passed away earlier and because she passed away earlier like both the mom or not the mom the daughter and the dad recognized the loss and both accounted for it and adapted to it in their own ways but also as a team and that didn't like the dad still being a strong dad and a good dad wasn't denigrated by the mother's strength like i think that was where a lot of it was was like fathers were denigrated to project stronger mothers but it's like no most of us know our mom does the majority of the hands-on work most well, of us know that I, that I would... matters but our dads see, also john, do gonna... a lot of work we don't see yeah john I'm, I'm gonna disagree with you a little bit when you said the moms are stronger look i think it, it, it's something i like to call perfect um like perfect imbalance in that yeah the mom may be stronger in some categories and then the dad is stronger in other categories but working together is where they find the balance out that's how it should be with any partnership where you balance out the strengths and weaknesses of your partner yeah you're supposed and to be that's a team. the goal i agree that's it. and and i more meant to project from the perspective like like okay. in a lot of these shows Sometimes the mom is perceived as the stronger, smarter, better one. And in a lot of cases, all they do is just denigrate the dad. Like Family Guy is the perfect example. And, and the comparison between Family Guy and the Orville shows that Seth knows what he's doing. Like he's intentionally denigrating Peter and intentionally propping up Lois, but then takes time to also show that Lois was dumb enough to marry Peter. And yeah, that that's what i'm talking about is like a good quality show may make it look like mom did everything and dad is just adapting to mom's loss but like if even look at the old man where it looks like that like both of them held mom as if she was a goddess and they were mere mortals graced by her presence but dad was also james bond <laughs> you know dad also saved mom like and none, and all of that was shown. Whereas, like, with Peter, like, we never really see him winning Lois over. We see him getting Lois. But we also see Lois being like, I want that. Yeah, and, but Family Guy's also intentionally well, going I, I above. I use them as, as, a, as a 
visualization for the paradigm because there's a ton of shows since family or not shows but movies where like they're trying to like feminism the message and all they do is paint the dad and all the men as peter and then they try to make Lois okay look good, good point and that's the thing that like bothers me and, and that's why i love using the Orville versus Family Guy is like one, like they're both intentional and they're both equally thought out, equally developed, and equally positioned to go their own ways, and they absolutely do, but at the same time, they're polar opposites. And so, they're to me, they're a good benchmark for like, especially where a lot of people have gone because they're like, I learned this really early on, but most. TV is made for women because who's at home? Yeah. Who's changing the channel? And that was just, just the kids. Show. Both parents work just, typically. Just, yeah, exactly. Nobody, nobody ever right. accounted for that, except for Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, and Disney. Those three powerhouses absolutely accounted for it. Yeah, and like, former powerhouses. That, let's, let's not get carried away. Yeah. Well, they got bought out because they were powerhouses. And then the buyers who are the powerhouses, powerhouse, you know, did what monopolies do and failed. And, but like, that's, to me, I think that's like the big thing about like this whole film, doing what you're doing, like do what you know is right. And you're not going to get everybody most likely not going to get China because like a lot of what's okay in America is not okay in China. So be willing to whittle it down if you need the Chinese audience or don't or, or yeah, don't stick Stick to your, your, yeah, exactly. But just sell your thing. Cause like you're alive now, all of the market statistics are always alive. Like I'm pretty sure there's some idiot senior level manager in marketing that still says the only people that turn on the TV are women. They're the only ones home except nobody's home. Everybody's working three jobs. So like nobody's turning the TV on. Nobody exists. Everybody's dead. Everybody streams on demand now. Don't make this movie. And then we lose all the good movies. Like just go for it and tell that marketing idiot. He's an idiot. Tell him to go talk to his customers. Stop reading the data and go meet it. Like the data's right, but you're reading it wrong. You're not accounting for anything new. You're not accounting for change. You're not accounting for today versus yesterday versus the aggregate. And that I think is the like the major issue with like films. Is cuz Jingle All the Way doesn't make any sense. In 96, Rockets for a toy. Like I do get what you said about the tickle hey, me Elmo yeah. thing, but like usually there's more product than there is demand, no matter what they tell you. Look at diamonds. Oh yeah. Oh look. Let, let let's let's be freaking. Well yeah. I mean yeah. let's be. Diamonds are just as fake as dollars. One's cheaper. How much do you want to bet that like if he pe- messed with the head on the American one, it broke just as fast? Well, see the thing. Okay. I'm gonna give that one a pass they because I think that they made it. I think that you're, I think that you're analyzing the point a little hard there because the, the obviously, yes, when he gets the real Turbo Man doll, that I was like, that's like some piece of shit I could pick up at the dollar store. 
Okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger, though, playing a, with any toy. It's a prop. That's what you gotta think. No, you gotta you gotta think of it no. like. I'm just saying he never manhandled the American one because it spoke English. I guess not. But like, if Arnold Schwarzenegger messes with any action figure in the '90s, it breaks okay. the way it broke. I guess. I, I guess oh, I see yeah. what you're saying. Um, Corio, do you have a thought? Yeah, I mean, just one of the other pieces I wanted to to bring up. Who? Um, I was super excited to see Curtis Armstrong in this. The guy who played Booster. Oh. Uh, you know, because I was sitting there going like. Dude, Family Guy alum sh- representing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's I did not know that connection, and I love that. But I just also want to shout out how much effort they put into the Turbo Time character. Oh, yeah. Like, that was full on, like, if I was a child of that age that wanted that toy at that time i would have been like where's my turbo time dad you failed at christmas turbo Turbo man Man. where's my turbo man oh don't worry i'm sure disney was probably that was a movie we watched i'm sure disney's probably thinking of rebooting it now and 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 creating its own universe since you know it's It's its own cinematic universe marvel man the universe of universes just (laughs) Stop telling them how to write. Well, I mean, look, I get that people... Okay, things are hot until they're no longer hot because Hollywood will take any trend and beat it to death to try to make a buck out of it. Okay, okay, okay. Let's let's just... Now, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's not just blame Hollywood. Let's blame the trendies as well. Okay. Agreed, agreed, agreed. But, I mean, like, let's be honest... Hollywood is where cool things go to die, right? Because, like, once Hollywood gets a hold of it, they'll run it into the ground because the marketing people say something's popular right now. So they do everything in that way and go way overboard, right? The Ryder Brothers would be more popular if we had that kind of support, but... Well, you know. Yeah. Um, We're just gonna build our own. I do get it, you know, and I do get it because, like, what happens is, like, the one marketing... Like, all the marketing guys make the same decision that, like, wow you know, movie universes are hot right now. And then every studio does it, right? And they think they're doing it on their own, but really it's like 15 of them happening at the same time and they're all not talking to each other, right? Bro, they probably all sent each other a meme. Right? You know. Movie theaters or movie universes are hot right now. Think about it. And then they're all like, oh, I was thinking the same thing. Right, I mean like. And then did it. Honestly, like movie studios, if you're watching, and I know you are, um, dude, as soon as you see one of these like trends starting to happen, go in the complete opposite direction, right? Because I guarantee you, you will make more money than all of them and they will all start rushing to follow you. Like, also, recognize that you're all doing same thing like you all are just making the circle pop rather than pushing the bubble out like the thing about like bubble economics is if the bubble keeps getting bigger sustainably it becomes a market yep. so like with these universes you all decided to just collapse in and start talking about modern 
whatever's hot on Twitter politics. All of you did. At the same time. And you and you picked the exact same three top trending things. Feminism, LGBTQIA+, and teenage mortality, I guess. Yeah. And all of you picked those three. Like, not one of you was like, hey, let's check this top ten chart and we'll pick the bottom three. Yeah. And we'll pick the middle three. Well, and I mean, video game and, companies do the same thing. Like, have you ever noticed how, like, it'll be the year of the FPS? Producers do, but you know? indies don't. Yeah, true. But, like, you know, like, all the AAA titles, it's like, okay, this year we're releasing our, like, Elden Ring clones. Or, like, this year everybody's doing FPS or whatever, right? Or not FPS. Everybody's doing hard mode as normal. Yeah, like, guys, whenever you see somebody trying to get a trend going, go in the opposite direction, and I guarantee you, you will pick up people just because they don't want to be part of the trend. Yeah, they're called hipsters. How about do your thing? Yeah. Like, I love going to Ubisoft for the Ubisofts. Like, I love getting my Tom Clancy. I, I absolutely love everything. Ghost Recon, Division, Splinter Cell. Love my Tom Clancy. But I love Ubisoft for what they've done with it. Yeah. For the most part. But then I also love going to my Bethesda for anything Bethesda-related, whether it's Fallout, Skyrim... Those are the two that I remember. The, they're doing a new <laughs> sci-fi based one that looks an star awful lot. something or other. Yeah, it and looks it, it, amazing. It, yeah, it, it looks it, like the pretty it, No Man's Sky. Yeah, I was about to say it looks like what we were promised for No Man's Sky. Dude, we got what we were promised for No Man's Sky, and just at no forever. extra charge. Yeah, at no extra charge though. Like, they got procedural planets, and then we were like, we wanted everything else. And they were like, we're working on it. All right, real quick, real quick. And you're never going to have to pay for it. And they have. And it's, I, No Man's Sky team, like, you took a while, but you did it. Yeah. You're beautiful. All right. Any final words for Jingle All the Way before we continue our last seven minutes of ranting? Yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, you knew how to act. You knew your role. You, like, that movie, like, he didn't overstep his spot. He was the guy that barely spoke English. He was the guy that couldn't get a full witty comment out. And he respected that. And he, like, well done. That was a great movie. And it still holds up. Like, there was... But, like I said, for me, it's that final scene that just Vision. is like, all right, we get it. We could have cut this into... We could have cut... That some of this ridiculous stuff out and it would have still been the same it. movie and, and that's really what it kills it for me otherwise everything else is fine and like i said it's it's aged like a like a good wine other other than the the, the long drawn out but ending. Well, the, the, well that's why i say like that's why i pointed out that like well done filmography everybody who has to do with filmography you've gotten better and that is yeah. why i enjoy that scene it's so bad and- that it tells me what good looks like because I can compare and contrast so easily. And my my think I think my takeaway from the rewatch of this was, yo man, check out Sinbad as a comedian because you know this will actually this is a good gateway to get into his like kind of weird comedy if you like that kind of weird comedy. And maybe check out Sinbad as Kazam. 
Yeah. Or Shazam. Yeah. Who knows? Mandela effect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's another Rogue Council topic we, we could hit on. <laughs> so oh, yeah, we, no, this was point we're gonna have to do those, but this was great. Oh, we'll we'll definitely get to that. This this but no, this was a good set of movies and uh and this is made for a fantastic uh fantastic discussion. So I do want to thank all of our viewers, uh, past, present, and future, for tuning in. Uh, we do appreciate this. We we love just getting together and talking about this stuff. And so, you know, would we love having you guys participate in the chat when you do? And if you don't, and you like to listen to us talk, we'll do our best to put on the show. I mean, really, we're kind of here to serve. So, um, also, if, if you don't like our random ranting, going rabbit trails off topic to whatever, let us know. I enjoy I it mean, very yeah, much. Yeah, well, with, all right, and, so here's the way. Here, here's the way. Here's the way here, feedback here, 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 works. Hold on, hold on. I want. I want to pitch this. I want to pitch this. I want to say, we have been doing it a lot more often. We're letting it go a lot more often. We're having a lot more fun with it. We're getting a lot less formulaic about our episodes. If you don't like it, let us know. If you do like it, let us know. Like we want to know. What you like, I'm starting to really enjoy it. Our new formula of just, this is where we're at, this is where we're going. If you guys are having an issue with it to some degree, let us know. But, like, I just want to know when we should start dragging back to the main topic. And I also want to make it perfectly clear, though. I want to make it perfectly clear, however, that all feedback is appreciated. However... Mm-hmm. That does not mean that we are going to adopt every single idea or suggestion that we get. And if we don't adopt your suggestion, it's not a thing personal. It just means we probably don't feel that it's going to work. But fair enough. You've asked yeah. the audience. Relentlessly Relentless says, good show. So I think our tangents that happen naturally when they do are are pretty good overall, I'd say. And and and, and I, I, I think like we had a great show also all around. add on to the, the feedback thing. As a manager, a QA specialist, sometimes your feedback isn't read the way you thought it would be read. So, yeah, I do personally you know, try not to take things personally. If you want us to really change what you want, like be specific and like send us numbers so we can rewatch the dialogue. Yeah, to no, th- things like go after yourselves and you all suck. Um, that's just like not cool. We're just us. gonna keep change, keep doing what we're doing. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but, and, and we're not going to send it back. We had somebody write in that we were boring for our Amazon special, and and I was going to go like double check to respond, and Parker already had, and he wrote, "Love the feedback. Can you elaborate?" And that's that's our motto. Yep. Like yeah. that's that's our version of responding. Please explain to how we suck, and we'll consider whether or not it's worth changing. And also, we'll at the listen. same time, we're still finding our audience, and we accept the fact that. You know, we might not be for you, and if that's the case, we appreciate you at least trying, and that's really all we want. This is like, bro, make your case. This is our like, like we're calling out to studios, like and marketers, like go and talk to your audience. This is us literally doing it. Yep, we are literally exactly. asking our audience to talk to us. So yes, but as speaking of audience, I again I want to thank everybody uh, for tuning in, past, present, future, especially on our podcast listeners. Uh, we also appreciate when you tune into our other content or spread it around. Um, so yeah, as John said, we do appreciate feedback. We will take it under advisement or consideration. Um, always, it's just uh, yeah, 
Yeah, we, you know, we want to help make this network special we'll for everyone. We'll respond accordingly. We, yes, we will respond truthfully and accordingly. And if, if we don't feel your feedback makes sense, we're going to articulate that. But it's coming from a place of good faith and genuine. Okay, we just don't get what you're trying to say here. Um, that's really also what I want to get across as well. Uh, because it, our plan for this show is it will be entirely listener supported, more or less. Um, but more on that once we get closer to our one year anniversary. Um, otherwise, any final thoughts? Oh, yeah. Uh, we will not be back next week. We are going to be back on January 10th. We're taking that Tuesday off, but we will also have Rogue Council on Corey Owen's channel um, going over the World War One conspiracy from James Corbett. December 31. Yeah. Yeah. Corey Owen's so, birthday. You all are invited. I'm Peter York with Ryder Brothers. Or you're not. We'll see you when we see you. This has been a presentation of the Ryder Brothers Tuesday Night Live Show. The Ryder Brothers, restoring respect into discourse.